Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we're going to discuss what I think has now kind of taken Niners Twitter and Miami Dolphins Twitter by storm, and that is the Raheem Mostert and maybe Jeff Wilson Jr. beef, but more so Raheem Mostert's comments about the San Francisco 49ers. Were some of them taken out of context? What should we take away from them as Niner fans? And also, the side of the story that not many people are discussing, we are going to dive into all of that in this episode. So let's start off with where everything began. And that is roughly three or four days ago after San Francisco, I believe maybe the morning of actually, Sunday prior to the Niners versus the New Orleans Saints, an article came out on golongtd.com, published by Tyler Dunn, who put the initial tweet out, promoting the article. And the article has Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert, both them discussing with Tyler Dunn their time in San Francisco, and kind of previewing this Sunday's matchup against, again, Niners and Dolphins, which is supposed to be Probably the biggest game of the week for the NFL, a team in the NFC who's won four straight games, the Dolphins who have won eight games with Tua Tagovailoa playing quarterback. Both teams have so many ties, Mike McDaniel, Trent Shurfield, Jeff Wilson Jr., Raheem Mostert, River Craycraft. I'm sure there's a thousand guys I'm missing that somehow have ties with the organization or between each other, but again, going back to where all this started... The interview with GoLongTD.com's Tyler Dunn, uh, the, the the tweet he put out to promote the article, it really, it's <laughs> with no context, it did seem like Raheem Mostert was taking a shot at the San Francisco 49ers and even quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. And I have the quotes here, or the without context quotes, which is, we have better talent here. Mostert, or out of context, it sounds like Mostert is saying that the Dolphins have better talent in Miami than when he was in San Francisco with the 49ers. And the quote-unquote shot against Jimmy Garoppolo was, as I read here, we have a quarterback that can actually sling it. Now, fans went crazy saying, what does Mostert mean by a quarterback that can actually sling it? And that took, you know, that, that that became its own firestorm. Media took off with it. Fans took off with it. So much where Raheem Mostert had to respond to the tweet promoting the article itself saying, like, what clickbait? I never took a shot at Jimmy. And tries to clarify what he actually meant. But I think the best thing Raheem Mostert could have done, or, and I do think this speaks to his character, because we've known Raheem Mostert or uh, Niner fans, or he was in San Francisco when his come up began, when his ascension towards being a starting caliber running back happened, right? He was an undrafted free agent, bounced to what, seven, eight teams prior to landing in San Francisco, didn't do much in 2017, didn't do much in 2018. He was a special teams player, a gunner for this Niners roster that was trying to rebuild. Then 2019 comes, and towards the end of that season, after Matt Breida loses his job, Tevin Coleman kind of falls to the wayside late in the year, Raheem Mostert ascends to a starting caliber running back, scores four touchdowns and 220 yards 
against the Packers in the NFC Championship game and is the starting running back in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, enough cannot be said as to what Raheem Mostert has done or at least did for this Niners organization during the Shanahan, John Lynch, and Jimmy Garoppolo era in San Francisco. He has arguably been their most successful running back, so much so that he was there or supposed to be their starting running back in 2020, and he got hurt in Week 2, and also he was the starting running back on the depth chart in 2021. Now, after 2019, he did, he did ask for a trade, or maybe after 2020 he asked for a trade. Whatever year it was, Mostert said, I want to get paid more money, and if you don't, I want to get traded. Now... I did reach out to his agent at that time, and he was like, we're not talking about it, you know, all that stuff, and they kept things behind closed doors. It just felt like that Mostert wanted to stay in San Francisco in 2020 and 2021, post-2019, and they did so. He got a brand new contract, but this, while very different in context, very different in theory and actuality uh, are very different from a trade request or wanting an extension, this isn't the first time that Raheem Mostert has kind of come out with comments that could be seen as disparaging or negative towards the Niners. Now, a player wanting a contract extension from a team that he helped lead to a Super Bowl late in the year, I see no problem with that. And someone leveraging maybe trade requests to do so. Again, you may not like that. You may say, hey, it doesn't need to get that far. But Debo Samuel did the exact same thing this year. Granted, Debo Samuel was a much better player and more important to the roster construction and offense than Raheem Mostert. But I digress. I do think that every time that we've seen Mostert make these comments, we do kind of see that his his him as a person comes out where he's like, wait, 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 I didn't mean it that way. Like, let's let's temper the fire here and let's say, look, like, this is what it actually meant. And Mostert wanted to be here in 2020 after the trade request, and he's, I do think he still wanted to be here after 2021 when he tore his ACL on the first play of the season against the Lions, but now back to where we are now with the Dolphins in San Francisco... So Mostert makes these comments, fans go crazy, and you're like, what do you mean by that, Raheem? Oh, how dare you? Like, you're taking shots now? You're hurt now, aren't you? Like, it's not your place. And Raheem was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, so he joined KMBR, I believe it was two days ago, maybe yesterday, that being Tuesday, November 29th, and Raheem clarified his comments saying, look, the story that, or, or, or with context, the, the questions I was being asked, the story that was being created was focused on the Miami Dolphins roster and Tua Tagovailoa's past and now his recent success. And the first statement that he made regarding we have a better, or, or we have better talent here now, he says, was in regards to where the Dolphins were last year and years prior to where they are now with Mike McDaniel at the helm and Russ Welker also in the fold and Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, which I don't think you can argue <laughs> that Raheem Mostert is right when it comes to that statement. And he even said that I do see how without context or even with context that that 
statement can be misconstrued. So Raheem did say that I do understand where fans could have been confused there, but I do want to clarify and say that was not a shot at San Francisco. That was more of a, a positive note towards my current team, the Miami Dolphins. The second statement, though, where he, you know, quote-unquote took a shot at Jimmy Garoppolo in we have a quarterback that can actually sling it, uh, Raheem Mostert says that was in reference to people criticizing Tua Tagovailoa in the offseason and years prior to where he was kind of a, you know, weak-armed, short-pass kind of quarterback, and he said, look, uh, Raheem Mostert, or, or Tua Tagovailoa does have the arm strength, and that's what he meant by a quarterback that can actually sling it, where the misconceived idea that Tua isn't a quarterback that can sling it around is wrong, and he actually can sling it, so it was not a slight towards Jimmy Garoppolo, and Mostert went further on KMBR saying that I would never, ever in a million years talk down on a player, specifically a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. We've grown together all those years when I was in San Francisco. His family is like my family, and I do think that I do think this thing is kind of being blown out of proportion in regards to Mostert's comments. And I do think many fans see that and go, eh, whatever, you know, water under the bridge. Former player voicing his opinion towards a former team. And it happens all the time. Some guys are happy, some guys dislike it. It is what it is. You know, personally, I am happy for Raheem Mostert. I wanted to keep him in San Francisco. I thought his speed, despite the injuries, could be utilized here in San Francisco. And I do think now with... Mitchell being hurt and McCaffrey having knee irritation, that that could be an element that we use, but I digress. I do think that many fans are happy for Raheem, especially going to a team like the Miami Dolphins, where he has familiarity with McDaniel and Welker and Sherfield and Craycraft and now Jeff Wilson Jr. Like that that really is the Miami Niners, and I do think that at least in his his short period of time on the field, he is flourishing, which makes me happy for him. Raheem's a great guy. Uh, many fans were angry at him when he tore his ACL in in 2021 in the Lions game, and like you can just tell that Mostert is one of those players that he understands the grind. He's been there. He's done that. It's a guy who was undrafted, fought his way from like seven different practice squads onto San Francisco, made a name for himself later in his career. Now he's like 31, 32 years old. He's a veteran guy. He understands that you have to appreciate the journey, but also you have to understand that he is not a person that has ever or I think will ever purposefully take a shot at another player. Like, there are many players out there that might feel bitter towards a former team, and maybe Raheem does in regards to, I do think he wanted to stay in San Francisco. And I do think, and we'll get into it a little later, with the injury history he had, I do think, and he made comments about it, that San Francisco may have held that over his head. And I do think at, at that point, Raheem, while just like San Francisco, Raheem also has a right to kind of be like, that sucked. Because it wasn't my fault. I understand, but it wasn't my fault. And I do wish I was still there, or at least had a, a chance to resign there. And there really wasn't that door open for us. But... That being said, I don't think Raheem Mostert would take a shot at anybody. He said he didn't do that. I believe him. He doesn't have a history of doing so. And every time he has spoken out, again, negatively or what is seen as negatively in the media 
or with fans. He has come out to kind of, you know, patch things together saying, wait a minute, hold on, this is what I actually meant. Or he is shown as a person, as a human being, that he's really does have a lot of goodwill in him. He's not going to come out and take shots at somebody. And uh, again, Raheem and his family, they have been good to San Francisco, been good to the organization. And I do think that he's a genuinely good person that meant nothing towards Jimmy G or the organization. But I will say that despite Raheem coming on or going on KMBR and tweeting out saying, look, I never took shots, this is what I meant, he still did catch the eye of a couple of current Niner players who he did play with in San Francisco, the first being Debo Samuel, who we already talked about earlier. Uh, Debo Samuel tweeted out, be real with yourself in reference to Raheem Mostert. So I really don't know what this means, but... Just speculating here, kind of trying to make this more juicy than it actually is. Maybe Raheem Mostert does hold some bitterness towards San Francisco. Now, I don't know what that could be towards. Maybe it is because they didn't re-sign him. Maybe the offer they initially tried to give him, if they did try to re-sign him during this past offseason, wasn't good enough. He didn't like that. Or, this could be towards the injuries. Look, players talk. Players know a lot more then we'll know, then the front office will know, then the media will know. Players talk, and I do think that in this locker room, guys are trusted. Like You cannot tell me that during Debo Samuel's contract negotiations, he wasn't talking. There's videos, and I'm not saying talking negatively, I'm just saying, you know, talking to players like, hey, how did they handle this with you? Like Kittle, Armstead, probably Buckner. Like There are plenty of players I'm sure he talked to. There's a TikTok video or a Facebook Live video of him talking with A.J. Brown and his mother and his sister about his agent, Tory Dandy, saying, look, San Francisco, this is the offer they gave me. So you can tell there was frustration on Debo Samuel's behalf, saying, I want to get paid. Now, he did want to stay here. He is here. He's going to be here for a long time. But my point is, is that players talk. And you can't tell me guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and those guys aren't trusted uh, to be people to listen to, or if Debo wants to discuss with, you know, veteran guys on this team what it was like to go through contract negotiations, I would like to think that there's plenty of players on this roster that will listen and kind of share their advice with a young player like Debo, and I'm sure for Raheem Mostert, guys talk. There's off-seasons. You know, hey Raheem, what's going on, man? It's Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, How's, how's negotiations going to come back next year? And I'm not saying those conversations go that way, but I am saying that those conversations in some form do happen in some form or fashion. So maybe Debo Samuel knows something. Maybe he knows that Raheem was maybe a little annoyed with the organization at a certain point. And again, maybe it's the injuries. We'll dive into that soon. But there seems to be maybe some underlying, not history, but maybe underlying frustration that could have or maybe has led to Niner players saying, yeah, that's that's how Raheem felt when he was here or during his time in the offseason and free agency. So him making these comments don't surprise us, so don't walk back on what you said. Be honest with yourself. Say you're upset. Say you're frustrated. No one's going to care outside of a week, and they'll move on, right? The Niners won't play the Dolphins, likely, next year or in three more years, right? They play the AFC East this year. They ain't going to play him for three more seasons. No one will care. Uh, Mostert's contract will likely be gone and up by then in Miami. Who knows if he'll even be there 
at that point, nobody cares. So maybe Debo's saying, you know, say with your chest, stand up for yourself and say what you actually mean. But Debo wasn't the only player to speak out or maybe have a response to Mostert's comments because Jimmy Ward joined KNBR yesterday, that being October 29th, or excuse me, November 29th, 2022, yesterday morning, uh, and he joined KNBR, and they asked him in, re in regards to Mostert's comments, and he said, that's just, that's just Raheem, that's just him. He's loving up on his teammates. Sometimes when you play former teams, you get a little emotional, excited, and anxious too. Now, it's funny because Jimmy Ward has never played for a different team, but he's been in the NFL for almost a decade now, uh, and you can tell that Jimmy Ward, while this doesn't matter in this context or in this story, Jimmy Ward currently is frustrated with San Francisco. He hates playing nickel. He wants to play free safety. He actively said in this interview that I'm going to test free agency. So maybe in a couple years, maybe next year, he's in most third spot saying, I don't like the way San Francisco handled my final year of my contract. Despite me being successful, I can play safety or free safety, strong safety and nickel. Not many safeties can do that. I can do all three of those things. So to me, looking in the future, this could be, potentially, maybe Jimmy Ward seeing his future, wherever he goes. I don't forget, Jimmy Ward turned down bigger or a larger contract from the Raiders to come back to San Francisco, so I can guarantee you that I'm sure Jimmy Ward has his own frustrations, is kind of putting himself maybe in Raheem's shoes, saying, look, like, I would do that too. Like, if I'm playing the Niners next year... I'm going to say my piece. And again, I love Jimmy Ward. I love the authenticity. I hope he comes back next year. <laughs> that, that's just me. But um, but I do think that Jimmy Ward has seen plenty of players, plenty of players, play San Francisco after leaving. Mike Purcell. I'm, I'm not even saying these guys have said words against San Francisco, but you know, Mike Purcell, um, to name one, against Denver. And there's plenty, plenty of others. DeForest Buckner. Again, there's so many that I'm sure he's heard words from that. And as a player, naturally, you want to kind of stick it to your former team. Like, do you think Jeff Wilson Jr. doesn't want to prove to Kyle Shanahan you made a mistake trading for Christian McCaffrey? You made a mistake, you know, relying on Elijah Mitchell? I'm sure he does. Why wouldn't he? Raheem Mostert wants to prove to San Francisco that, hey... You shouldn't have let me walk. You should have paid me more money or given me a better offer. Why wouldn't he feel that way, right? So many players do feel that way. I mean, Jalen Ramsey for the Rams, when he was in Jacksonville, was so irritated towards the Jaguars, came to training camp in a Brinks truck with a vest on with money bags in the back, being like, hey, you want to pay me? <laughs> Sending a message to the front office. And Jalen Ramsey, every time he plays Jaguars, although rarely, he has that point of like, look, like, don't you forget. Like, my mind goes back to Julian Peterson. When he was in San Francisco, he was a budding star, our best defensive player. And what happened? He left in free agency for the Seattle Seahawks. Every single time, Julian Peterson, and I was a young... I was a wee lad 
when Julian Peterson left for Seattle. In Seattle, wasn't a good team. They had Matt Hasselbeck and Sean Alexander, and, and they were kind of a 7-9 team, maybe a 10-win team off and on, rarely. But they weren't a great team, but they were a good divisional opponent. It seems like every single one of those games came down to a Joe Nedney field goal make or miss. And But I digress. Every time Julian Peterson made a big play, it was point to the back of my name or the back of my jersey. This is my name. How dare you uh, let me get away? Don't you forget my last name is Julian Peterson, right? Like, don't forget my last name. I'm the guy you let walk away. And so I do think that most most, uh, most players do have that kind of, you know, let's stick it to a mentality. So I don't think that Raheem Mostert meant anything bad by it other than the natural side of an athlete coming out saying, yeah, like, that's my former team. I'm going to make sure they know that I'm still good, if not better than what they currently have, and they shouldn't let me go. And there may be some frustration there, but Raheem Mostert did kind of put his final comments out saying, look, I was with the Niners for several years. I know exactly what the team's talent is. They're unbelievable on both sides of the football, even on special teams. I wasn't trying to take shots or digs at anyone. Again, Raheem Mostert is like, I'm trying to put the fire out. <laughs> like, put it away. Let's pour some water on it. Put a blanket over it. Everybody forgets. Let's play a game on Sunday. But then, just when you think things are over with, uh, Tyree Kill, who San Francisco knows very well, you know, 2019, Super Bowl game, third and 15. Mm, we know, we know. But he tweets this morning... November 30th on Wednesday at like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., whatever time it was, and he tweets out, Raheem out here starting stuff. And you're like, oh boy. Like, has someone said anything to each other? And maybe he's just now kind of getting wind of the initial tweet by Tyler Dunn or the initial article on, on golongtd.com. Like, maybe it's just his first whiff of all the drama, you know, quote-unquote drama, which is being overblown. But maybe he's also seeing Debo Samuel tweet out and subtweet Raheem Mostert and then Jimmy Ward's comments. And it just looks like that it could just be the first whiff of things he's getting. Or it could be where he's like, look, like this is actually, you know, this this quote-unquote rivalry game because it has so many ties between the organization. Maybe it actually is a little more, you know, vendetta-like where it's like, I want to make sure that we kick your freaking butt and, you know, ram you into the ground, and, you know, the Dolphins are a really good team, San Francisco is inconsistent, but they do have the the building blocks to be a really great team, I mean, Miami has number two offense in football behind the Chiefs, and so it's going to be a great game on Sunday, uh, a lot of these players, even despite playing for different teams at the time, do have history with San Francisco, and vice versa, in 2020, Niners-Dolphins, Garoppolo was hurt, he got benched, it wasn't a good thing, it threw three picks, it was really bad, Tyreek Hill with the Chiefs, you know, so many players share ties with both organizations, so it just seems like this is building towards an epic game on Sunday, but let's stay with Mostert's comments that don't have to do with Jimmy G or San Francisco's roster itself because everyone's blowing up those comments. 
And I do think there's actually kind of more important comments in the article. And I do think, and I'll paraphrase them, but I do think that that's where the story kind of should have been towards, but it was kind of glanced over. But it was a major part of Raheem Mostert's story in San Francisco was the injuries. Now, I do not need to run down every injury that San Francisco has had since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have been in San Francisco. There's been wild speculation. There's been reports that Shanahan was having players practice in pads on Thursday prior to Sunday games. Uh, in a joint practice with the Steelers, Chase Claypool, his rookie season, said, whoa, like, why are we still in pads with them on Thursday? He said that was weird, and that happened, I believe, in 2020. And so that was kind of the first, like, yellow flag of, like, wait a minute, like, that's kind of a warning sign. But we know since 2019, or even 2020, how many injuries have affected this team, has really thrown off the trajectory of where San Francisco could have been. And this year alone, right, Neil Mosley, Jason Verrett, Elijah Mitchell twice, there has always seemingly been injuries. Eric Armstead still hurt, Javon Kinlaw still hurt. Now, while you can maybe say, well, they drafted injury injured players, that's correct. <laughs> you can also argue that maybe the the way they practiced was a little, you know, a little concerning. That can also be thrown into the basket, but also... San Francisco has had one of, if not the most games missed since 2017 due to injury. Like, you cannot ignore the injury history San Francisco has had and the re-injury history. Like, look, not, not the same injury, but players getting hurt over and over and over again. Again, some are freak injuries. They happen, a.k.a. Jason Verrett, but... Raheem Mostert, hurt twice, same season, then 2021. Jimmy G, 2018, uh, 2020, 2021. Uh, Eric Armstead's been hurt, granted that's just this year, but, you know, there's been J Jimmy Ward, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas. Like, there has been so many players that have gone down over and over and over again, where it just makes you say, what's going on? Many fans have asked for them to change their medical staff, their training staff, and they have. They have changed their conditioning staff to hopefully prevent the injuries. They are, or at least in their time, trying to ramp up for the Mexico City game against the Cardinals. They did not want to practice inside because it was turf. And many players, George Kittle, Nick Bosa, amongst many others in the NFL, have come out and said, ban artificial turf. The Giants... And the Jets are finally going to do so, I believe, next year or in two years. But my point more so is that we know the history. At least with Kyle Shanahan's San Francisco 49ers, we know the injury history they've had. It's awful. It sucks. Well, it kind of seems like we maybe have gotten or received more light shed on the issue. And... Maybe it's just a, a one-person thing, but sometimes where there's smoke, there is fire. Not always, but sometimes it's not just one campfire, it's a whole city being burned down, right? Or a factory, or a forest. And so, in this case, I hope it is just a small campfire, 
But that being said, that one campfire, it has seemingly made a player upset or hold a grudge against San Francisco. Because Raheem Mostert, and again, I'll paraphrase here, kind of said that when he got hurt in 2021, last year, in week one against the Lions, uh, the initial report was that he hurt his knee and that he could potentially come back in eight weeks. San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, more importantly, in his post-game press conference, or even in his in his uh, his conference call with the media the next week, did say that the expectation was Raheem was going to come back in eight weeks. And that was the initial diagnosis. I don't think Kyle Shanahan would intentionally lie to the media like that. But Raheem and apparently Kyle Shanahan and the training staff in San Francisco, uh, the, the Niners coaching staff, there was disagreements on when or how his recovery was going to go. And Raheem was like, look guys, like I, this is tough for me, but I do think I'm going to need season-ending surgery. And whether it was Kyle Shanahan or the medical staff said, no, you can recover in eight weeks. We need you out there. Now look... <laughs> I have no problem with a player gutting out an injury, right? I also have no no problem with a player early in a season saying, look, for I'm in a contract year for the betterment of my career. I've especially in Mostert's case, I've just made it really to a starting caliber running back territory in the NFL. I want to get paid. I have a family. I'm going to opt for season-ending surgery and come back next year. Now, that can be with you guys, or it can be with someone else. Now, we know it's the Dolphins, but it can be with somebody else as well. I have no problems with the player protecting their career, right? What I don't like is a an organization. Potentially, you know, again, this is not a, I know this for certain, but from my understanding of the most article, it seemed like that the coaching staff, the training staff, the medical staff, maybe even Kyle Shanahan himself, I don't know exactly who it was, but there was some pressure behind the scenes of Raheem Mostert, you need to get back on the field, that you can get back on the field, that's our expectation, and there may have been, while Kyle Shanahan might say it's a disagreement on recovery, like he said yesterday in his conference call, that they pressured him to not get back early, but that you will play again this year. And you will essentially fight through the injury in eight weeks when you're healthy again, or healthy enough again. And so, that in itself, to me, is wrong. (laughs) You should never be pressuring someone to play hurt. Now, if a player says, look, I'm going to play, it's the playoffs, I'm not going to miss this game. Like, take Von Miller, right? Von Miller got hurt on Thanksgiving Day this year. He said, I'll be back in four weeks. I'm not going to miss the end of the season, that playoff run. I'm not going to miss it. I want to win another Super Bowl. I would blame no player for doing so. But I can guarantee you, and this should be the case for every organization in professional sports, You should never be pressuring a player saying, we need you back out there. Come on, you're our best running back. We need you back out there. That's wrong. Now, if the player says, you know, you're right. 
I want to play, I want to fight through this, I can physically and mentally fight through this, I'm going to play. That is a different story. And if, if the Niners in some way, somehow, did pressure Raheem Mostert, that's a bad look. A really bad look because it opens the door for so much speculation. And, and I, I do hope that this is not the case, but and I do hope that if this did happen, that San Francisco has kind of changed the way they look at injuries, how they handle them, because right now, and it does seem like they have, because they have been very patient with Jason Verrett, with Javon Kinlaw, with Eric Armstead. Like, they seem to have, it looks like, changed their ways, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, that they're willing to let guys rest up. Hey, we don't need you in week six. Can you play in week 10? Right? And it does seem like they've learned, again, hopefully, from this, if it is indeed what I am understanding from the article that San Francisco may have pressured Mostert to play again. It does open the door that, you know, Elijah Mitchell just got hurt. Did he come back too soon? I'm not saying he did, I'm just saying it opens the door. And even now, again, hey Elijah, you you might be healthy for the season finale against the Cardinals. Can you play? Well, it's the playoff time. Ready to play, Elijah? But I think the biggest one, the biggest door this opens, and it's maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only person thinking this, and it might be. But it might just be something to ponder and does it change anything? Probably not. But it might. But probably not. But my mind goes back to 2020. I'll, and I'll ask you this. What was the... Maybe the biggest drama-filled storyline on this team? What was, outside of Nick Bosa maybe, the biggest injury on this Niners team? I'll give you a couple seconds, because I already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. When Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt in Week 2 against the Jets, guy falls on his ankle, he finishes the, the first half, you know, can't play the second half, Nick Mullins comes in, you know, finishes off the game, uh, beats the Giants next week, fans are out there, you know, Nick Mullins might be a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, the offense seems to be more fluid, you know, they're passing the ball down the field, it seems more free, that whole conversation, and I believe it was Jimmy Garoppolo misses week, you know, the second half of week two, all of week three, he misses week four against the Eagles, Nick Mullins has a bad game, then Jimmy comes back against the Dolphins, I believe. I could be wrong here, but you know, trying to remember the worst year maybe in U.S. history, but <laughs> but uh, or one of the worst years, um, and Niner history for that matter. But um, Jimmy, I believe it was the Dolphins game, tries to come back because the Niners panicked. And they were like, oh my god, our quarterback sucks. Jimmy, get back out there. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my god. He throws three picks in the first half. Or, you know, in, in his outing, Shanahan's like, oh my god, you can't even walk on your back foot. We should have never started you. Nick Mullins, get back out there. You know, Beathard, get out there. 
a disaster of a game, the Brian Allen game, just, just a bad game. Everyone's hurt. And my mind goes back to, okay, we, as a fan base, we knew Jimmy didn't look right. He wasn't healthy enough. Now, I don't remember Jimmy saying I tried to or I forced the hand to play. He may have. That could have been a coaching staff thing again because that's the door it's opened up now. Like The window's open that that is now maybe a focus of, you know, maybe in the past you forced or tried to force players to play. But that's not where the story even ends because later in the season, Jimmy got hurt again against Seattle, right? And, you know, they beat the they beat the Rams, they beat the Patriots, and you're like, wow, San Francisco's back. Jimmy's hurt, but he's back, and we're actually winning games again. They beat the Rams, they beat the Patriots, and Jimmy's returned to New England. He has the big chain. He's like, you know, yeah, whatever. But then they play Seattle in Seattle, and Jimmy gets hurt again. That's the that's the Jimmy lined up out wide McKinnon in the backfield game. You're like, what the heck is going on, man? Like, <laughs> this is not smart. There's no fans in the stands. Everything is wrong with this game. But Jimmy gets hurt again. And now San Francisco is reliant on Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. But at the end or the second half of that season, right, there was discussion or there was debate that San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, believed Jimmy Garoppolo could have returned sooner. And I asked Matt Barrows about this uh, right after San Francisco had traded up uh, to number three with the Dolphins, ironically. And I asked him, I go, what is going on between Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo? There's been rumors that they seem to be in a disagreement in Jimmy's injury of how severe it was and when he could return. And Matt Barrows said, like, yes, like, that that does seem to be the case, that, that Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan and the agent and the coaching staff or the training staff said, look, like, we think you can be back by this time, and Jimmy's camp was like, no, like, it's too severe. Now... We end up learning that Jimmy's ankle was hanging on by a thread. That, at least from what he said and the medical report said, even Trent Williams said himself that no one really knew how bad the ankle injury was in 2020. And that Jimmy was playing on one leg when he could, and it was so hard for him to even go out there and practice. Now, again... If the coaching staff is pressuring a player to play hurt, that's wrong. But if Jimmy could have played and was healthy enough to play and said, I want to gut it out, now he didn't do that. But if he had said that, I would have said, that's your choice, whatever. But the infamous picture that we all saw in 2020 was San Francisco having to play in Arizona because of COVID and the fires that... It's like half the team up in the in the suites with Jimmy and and Bosa and all those guys like sitting there hurt, like the entire starting <laughs> roster are hurt. And everyone's like, you know, Jimmy should be out there and playing. But again, I hope it isn't the case. 
But if Raheem Mostert is saying that the that there was disagreement and that the coaching staff, training staff, Kyle Shanahan may have been, you know, not pressuring him, but may have been like, hey, Raheem, you should be healthy by this date. And the player who knows their body better than anybody is like, I don't feel right. But the team maybe being upset, holding a grudge. And that seems very similar. While maybe not exactly the same, very similar to what it was for Jimmy Garoppolo in 2020. And what was the one season that maybe turned the tide for Kyle Shanahan and led him to draft then, or now number three overall pick, Trey Lance? The one season that maybe, after saying no to Tom Brady, turned the tide and made Kyle Shanahan say, I want someone else? It was 2020. When did the fan base turn on Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes, some may argue, well, well, why well, I knew from the beginning. Or ever since that Super Bowl, I knew he wasn't the guy. Maybe that's the case for you. But most fans turned away from Jimmy Garoppolo after or during 2020. And many of the reasons valid. He can't stay healthy. He's too hurt. He has injury history. That was the one proponent Everyone, every media member, every journalist said, even John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, when they drafted Trey Lance, heck, even when they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo this year, it was, we've insulated ourselves with a good backup quarterback. And last year, that worked out. When Jimmy got hurt, Trey Lance came in, won them a must-win game against the Texans. This year, Trey Lance gets hurt, San Francisco is now 7-4. And in the lead of the NFC West, because having someone like Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Brock Purdy or Nate Sudfeld comes in handy. My point more so is, is that if Raheem Mostert is correct or his story is correct, that the Niners had been in some form or fashion pressuring him or disagreed with him, his medical staff, his camp, that you should come back this day and if you don't, we're going to be upset with you? There's no doubt in my mind that's the same way they handled Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. And there may even be more behind the scenes that we don't know. Because if it's with Jimmy, or even with Raheem, who actually who has an example of this, who else could it be with, right? Now, again, I'm not saying that any of that is the case. I'm just saying that this story does make me rethink how Kyle Shanahan and the medical staff and the coaching staff has dealt with injuries. And it also makes me believe that this is the reason why Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff and the medical staff have been so patient with players like Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Jason Verrett, and it seems to be hopefully the case with Elijah Mitchell and eventually Trey Lance. Now, some injuries are more severe than others, right? A torn MCL or, or, or a sprained MCL and a broken ankle with, with ligament damage is much more serious than an ankle sprain. But that doesn't change the fact that every single person heals differently. And the organization that's worth billions of dollars, I think they're top five in the NFL in, in, in you know, highest grossing or, or, or you know, the, uh, the Forbes list of teams should not be pressuring a player on or to get back when they deem necessary. No, no, no. 
if they're healthy, they should be playing. Like, most NFL players are not Ben Simmons. <laughs> like, they aren't like, I'm not going to play because I don't want to. There is no, you know, load management in the NFL. That doesn't exist, really. But in football, it's, if you're not healthy, the organization doesn't get to decide when you can play or not. That's the player's choice because they know if I if I can take a hit, I'll take a hit. If I can't, I'm not playing. And I do think that this Raheem Mostert story, the injury stuff, has kind of kind of been glossed over of like, Yo, Raheem's gonna go get his other team, he's taking shots at Jimmy in the roster. What's more important here is that there may have been some form of I don't want to say negligence because, again, this could be one player's story and that's it. One person's story, their history, does not mean it's somebody else's. That's in life, that's in football, that could be for Raheem Mostert, that could be for Jimmy Garoppolo, that could be for anybody. But I do think that if this is true, the door is open to speculate as to what exactly was going on in 2020 and previous years with Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff, because there have always been rumblings of, you know, in 2020, there was many, as Kyle Shanahan still calls them, disagreements on medical decisions. And if Raheem felt that, we know there was those rumors with Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe, just maybe, they were also there with other players. And to me, I hope they've learned from that, but that to me is concerning. Now, People can change, they can grow, they can learn, and it does seem like this team has done that, and I hope that is the case, and I do hope they keep that up, because to me, this story, uh, that is the most, or should be the biggest takeaway from the Raheem Moster article, not the taking shots to Jimmy, or you know, or the roster stuff. This is much more important. A player's health is much more important than, you know, whether a running back does or doesn't like his quarterback. Who cares? This is a player's health. That's so much more important, to me at least, than, you know, a, a rivalry game of, you know, Raheem Oster doesn't like Jimmy Garoppolo or, or thinks Tua Tagovailoa is better than Jimmy. I don't care. They should. They play, you know, that's his teammate now. They should feel that way. But who knows? We'll see. We have a huge game coming up on Sunday. Niners, Dolphins, the top seed in the NFC West, the number one seed in the AFC East. There's so much that ties these two organizations together. And if you want to go to this game on Sunday at Levi Stadium or Jimmy G versus Tom Brady next week against the Buccaneers, use promo code 49ERSACCESS, 49ERSACCESS, to save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Com. Also, follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. Guys, I want to let you know, whether you're a woman, a man, a child, whatever you are, I want to give a big thank you for listening to the podcast all year long. This podcast is in the top 15% of the entire world in podcasts that's because of you so continue to listen like share subscribe tell your friends about the podcast 
let them know via text, via email, via liking our Instagram posts and Twitter posts about the podcast. Again, a big thank you for making 2022 one of the best years in the podcast history. We're not going anywhere. Not one bit, not leaving at all. But until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the Forward Matter Access Podcast. And stay faithful.